Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. Hey, it's Dr. Barry here, your host of the Lunch and Learn, and I am bringing you episode 57 this week. This week's a solo episode. I'm going to be talking about the media's fascination with putting everyone on life support, right? And why, as a medical professional, it gets to the point where it's so annoying that, you know, you almost become desensitized to the point that everyone's on life support. Like always, if you want my show notes, head over to drpierresblog.com forward slash LLP. 057 or just head over to lunchlearnpod.com for my show notes. And first of all, before we get into today's episode, if you have not had a chance, go ahead and check out last week's episode with Dr. Mike Morris, board certified cardiologist. We talked about being heart healthy. We ended the month of February, which is American Heart Month off correctly uh, with that episode. So if you have not had a chance, check out Dr. Mike on episode 56, again, lunchlearnpod.com to get to that, or drpiersblog.com forward slash LLP056. So if you work in a hospital setting, this is a tone that you're very familiar with, unfortunately. And this is a tone that when I hear the term life support, right, this is what I am concerned about hearing later on, right? But unfortunately, in this time of age where everything is a headline click, everything gets thrown under the life support umbrella, right? So in today's episode, I'm going to talk about why it's important to understand what life support really means. So when you hear and read these things, you don't get freaked out by hearing that another celeb is in a hospital and, oh, by the way, happens to be on life support. So today I'm talking about Rick Ross. And if you are unaware of who Rick Ross is, you know, I have a pretty wide range of uh, listeners if you're unaware of Rick Ross is, Rick Ross is a rapper uh, out of Florida, South Florida to be exact, who was recently hospitalized. We're not sure exactly why. There's you know varying details of it. But one thing that came for sure was that he had to be on life support, right? And if you've been following social media in pretty much any time someone gets hospitalized, they somehow always end up on life support, right? And it's it's a thing that they do, and I say they, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the media right now, because they know it, obviously, it, you know, makes the, the headline pop out much more, right? Like, again, it's one thing to say, hey, you know, Dr. Barry's been hospitalized, right, for, you know, stub toe versus Dr. Barry's on life support, right? Like, you know what? That's likely going to make you click that link a little bit quicker uh, than the first one, right? So I understand why they do it, right? But as a medical professional who, you know, is on social media, been on social media for a while, um, it it's, gets to the point where it's used so frequently that you're almost desensitized to it, right? To the point where I'm like, all right, is this guy really on life support or is life support that good, right? That most people who get on it, like, walk out of it, right? And as a hospitalist, right, which again is 
a inpatient doctor, right? I, I take care of primarily patients inside a hospital, right? And I've taken care of, and I'm probably lowballing it, right? Like thousands of patients who have had to be on some type of intensive care uh, unit facility, some type of, you know, life support, right? Like it, it really does bother me when I, when I see the term used so frequently, right? So, like, I, I just want to, first of all, I want to give a little bit of the, let's, let's give some titles, right, of headlines that I read over the weekend uh, when he was hospitalized. Machine takes over, this is number one, machine takes over for heart and lungs, pray for Ross. Number two, Rick Ross hospitalized, machine keeping him alive. Number three, Rick Ross hospitalized with possible pneumonia after being found unresponsive and breathing heavy. Now, I thought that was a pretty funny one, right? Because a lot of times we don't really stress the importance of how significant pneumonia is. But this uh, particular article wanted to let us know, like, hey, this person probably had pneumonia and Oh, by the way, they are also found unresponsive and breathing heavy. Whatever breathing heavy means uh, to that person. Rick Ross hospitalized reportedly on advanced life support, right? The advanced is pretty funny too, right? Especially as a hospital, it's like I'm trying to figure out, wow, if this person's on advanced life support, I wonder what I've been doing or who the patients I've been taking care of uh, in this standpoint here, right? So I, I thought, you know, I just wanted to kind of kind of give you the the premise, right, of where we're heading with today's episode, right, in regards to this incessant need to put everyone on life support, right, to really drive up, you know, the the, the website clicks and the video watches, uh, because again, you know, if you hear someone's on life support, yeah, you're probably going to be a little bit more, uh, you know, concerned and probably t- more likely to app to click that link. But as a hospitalist, right, and I, again, I want to, you know, just kind of if you think about it, right, especially for a, a patient who's on life support, right, uh, as a hospitalist, when I hear life support, like, I'm, I'm thinking of varying different reasons, right, uh, for being on life support, right, like, the, you know, the broad definition, right, is a use of equipment, you know, to, you know, maintain a person's functions, right, uh, when they're ill, you know, and that's essentially what, you know, life support is, especially in the hospital setting. So when you hear a person's on life support, right, that can mean a lot of different things, right? Uh, but I know, especially because, again, I read uh, the, the comments and I, I see the post, right? Whenever we hear that someone's on life support, uh, we, we're automatically thinking of that that machine that's breathing for them, right? And thinking, like, you know what? This is it. This is the end. Does Is it serious to be on that machine? Oh, you, you best believe it is. Definitely, for sure. But I can tell you as a hospitalist, right, as a, you know, a hospital doctor, right, uh, there's a lot, there's lots of different reasons for being on that machine, right? And they don't get stressed as much, right? Uh, for example, right, anyone who, and I'll say, I won't say anyone, the majority of people who undergo surgery, right, unless it's a local surgery where you're awake the whole time, if you have, you know, that machine breathing for you, you're, I guess, quote, unquote, technically on life support, Right. But you never really hear it stressed to that severity. Right. Like, oh, my God, you're going on life support during, uh, you know, your, your your bunion remover. Right. Are you going on life support uh, when you're getting your gallbladder taken out? Are you going on life support uh, when you're getting, you know, your breast reduction? Right. Like you don't hear it in that terms. Right. In the media, especially social media, uh, this age is whenever we hear about life support, we always think about like this extremely grave prognosis and negative connotation to you know really just kind of help helping the body out right uh for from what i've read uh, rick ross's rapper has history of seizures right 
And I've taken care of plenty of people with seizures. And there have been instances where, you know, if a person has a seizure and it's so severe where you're concerned that uh, if you don't stop the seizing quick enough, um, you know, they're going to choke on themselves. They're going to stop breathing. If you're concerned, right, a lot of times we will induce patients, right, and we will induce the, the coma and we'll put patients to sleep. And kind of breathe for them, right? And again, like again, that's something that we're purposely doing, right? It's not something to say that they were so sick that we had to put them on life support. No, it was something that you say, you know what? It's in this person's best interest just to, you know, let them go to sleep and, you know, have this machine kind of take over, right? And especially taking over, I saw the, like that first uh, title I talked about where it says machine takes over for a heart and lungs. Pray for a Ross, right? Like, what does that even mean, right? In the, the, the medical sense, right? Like if, like if I hear that you have a machine that's taking over your heart and your lungs, right? Not only, first of all, like I, the surgery that usually requires that is an open uh, heart, right? Like open heart bypass, right? Like those are the machines that actually have to con- take care of the heart and let the heart do what it's do. Majority of the time, if you're just on that machine, you know, that breathes for you, right? Your heart's still doing what your heart's supposed to do, right? So again, so I want I want to make sure, you know, the Lunch Learner listeners understand like that very stark difference uh, when we talk about a machine taking over for your heart versus a machine taking over for your lungs, the majority of people when we hear about life support are usually referencing uh, the machine that's taken over for your lungs, right? So again, uh, you have, like I talked about patients, any patient who usually goes into surgery and has to get anesthesia, they're on life support, right? They're on a machine that helps them breathe, right? But we never stress it as like, oh my God, you're about to be on life support for two hours, for one hour, for 30 minutes. We never stress it that way, right? We always, for some reason, say, oh, you know, they're going to have anesthesia. They're going to, you know, they're going to go to sleep, right? We we definitely dress it up much better than we do in our case, especially for our celebs, right? And, uh, you know, depending on when you listen to this, right? Because again, I'm releasing this uh, your first week of March, right? If you happen to listen to it during this week, right? I want you to just go ahead and Google life support, right? Google Life Support, and you'll see that uh, this rapper, Rick Ross, uh, he has like three or four of the first, uh, you know, website hits for life support, right? So think about that, right? Uh, the the term life support, which is something that from a medical standpoint, we deal with a lot, right, has now been taken over, right, by the celebrity who may or may not be on life support, just depending on what you read, right? Like I read like four articles that say, hey, this guy's on life support. And then I also read, uh, uh, I think, an Instagram post that his friend said they called him. He's not on life support, right? So who do you know? Who to believe? Not sure. Not sure. Neither here or there. But I, I want to kind of stress, you know, especially for uh, the lunch learning community, right? When we talk about life support, especially in the medical field, uh, understand that that can mean a lot of different things, right? And if one thing that I really want to drive home is really the importance of, you know, defining things correctly, right? And one of the most frustrating things about being in social media is I always see a lot of medically related things uh, defined wrong, right? And obviously, I'm not going to be that person who's going to jump in a person's mentions or Facebook posts and say, hey, well, you know, you know, that's not actually how it works, right? Because honestly, I don't have the time to do so. Uh, but it is something that, you know, kind of irks me. And this one, uh, you know, just took it over the top. I was like, yeah, you know what? I got to do a post about this or a podcast and I, I chose doing a podcast for it right 
So we talked about uh, one of the forms of life support, right, which is the, I think the one everyone kind of knows is you have that breathing machine, right? You had a machine that essentially breathes for you. And again, I've taken care of over over a thousand plus patients uh, who've been on that machine one way or the other. Right. And for the majority of times, a lot of times it is something that we can control. Right. We can control how long you need to be on it. We can control again. That's what they do during surgery. We can control how long you need to be on and how deep it needs to be. Uh, that's something that we can do from our elective standpoint. Just in the sense of, you know, let's say, because I, I read one report that uh, Ross was combative, right? Let's say he was so combative that, I say, that someone said, hey, you know what? I think it's probably just going to be best that we put this guy to sleep, let him rest, let him kind of sleep this thing off, and then we'll wake him up later, right? Like we do that, again, uh, more often than I think a lot of people may believe. And uh, again, this again, I'm not saying this is exactly what happened with Ross, right? I'm just saying that this is a likely scenario as well. But the way this media picture is driven it, right? Uh, you know, people are already saying, all right, is it rest in peace? Like, do we got to start? Like, people are already like putting them on that boat, right? Again, I don't know how severe this hospital episode was or is because he's actually still in the hospital as we speak. Uh, but it is uh, understand that, yeah, when, when you hear it, right, you can't really think about, oh, my God, he's on his deathbed, right? Because a lot of times he may not be. Uh, for uh, patients that we take care of all the time, where if they're agitated or their clinical status, you know, it may not be tenable enough to, you know, allow them to kind of work on their own because we feel like, hey, you know what? Eventually this person's going to tire out. Let me go ahead and skip the middleman and go ahead and, you know, knock him down, put him in a coma and get this machine to breathe for him. Right. So that, you know, that's the main one, right? That's the one where we have that vent machine. Now, number two, right? And I think this is something that I don't think a lot of people really think about when we talk about life support, uh, but it's definitely something that we use a lot in the hospital. I have a lot of patients, These are and these are more your sicker patients, right? I have a lot of patients who come very ill, and it gets to the point where their entire body almost shuts down, right? In terms of, you know, the, the hemodynamics, right? And when I talk about hemodynamics, I'm really talking about uh, the volume in their, uh, their system, like blood pressure. I'm talking about uh, the heart rate. I'm talking about all of these things that, from a cardiac standpoint, uh, you know, when the person's not sick, it's functioning very well. But if a person gets really, really sick and it gets to the point where their body can't take care of it, um, there is sometimes where we'll put patients on medications to keep their blood pressure up, right? So again, when, when we talk about, you know, equipment and, you know, things to try to, you know, life, quote unquote, life support, right? Um, I put these types of medications right in that same line, right? Uh, because without these medications, right, uh, this person's body would crash and, you know, we'd have uh, an untimely demise, right? But for the majority of patients who, you know, who are sick, they don't need this medication, right? So I, I'm not, I don't want to, like, scare anyone who's about to go to the hospital or think about going to the ER that, oh, my God, I'm going to be put on one of these medications. It's not the case. Usually these patients are extremely ill, extremely sick, uh, you know, pretty big infection and something that their body just can't handle. And then they just end up, you know, in that in the ICU, in the CCU, and needing these medications to kind of keep their blood pressure up, right? So that's something uh, that we want to think about again when we talk about just life support in general. 
and I think uh, the third one again. This is it's not all of them. There's a few more, but like the third one again when they talked about like keeping the heart, uh, you know, machine taking over for the heart. Right. The only time right again for for patients who you know need a machine to keep their heart rate heart up right or heart working per se is usually those patients who have to undergo bypass surgery. Right. So these are patients uh, with severe severe coronary artery disease and they can't just get like the regular stent right which you may be familiar and if you're not let me know uh, because we can do a lunch and learn on that i can get dr mike uh, to come back and kind of explain to us uh you know cabbage versus a stent right and maybe that's something we'll do anyways um but for for that right so if if it's so severe right the, the coronary artery disease is so bad uh, that, you know, they almost have to do a bypass, right? And you've probably heard this term uh, before, right? Uh, triple bypass, quadruple bypass. You know, our, one of the former uh, VPs, right, had uh, these, these procedures done, right? Um, where your body essentially has to, uh, uh, the heart, right, actually has to be kind of turned off, right, and kind of fed through this machine, right? Like this machine actually acts as your heart, for the some time frame while the surgeons are kind of doing their thing, right? Again, neither here nor there, again, not trying to scare anybody, uh, but I do want to kind of stress the importance of understanding, like, we have a lot of different forms of life support, right? So uh, that's why I really want to, you know, really stress uh, the, the importance of the importance of understanding when we say life support when we throw that term out there, right? Uh, that, you know, it doesn't mean the same to everybody. Especially oh those for those in the medical profession, right? Like when we hear life support, right? Like we're already thinking like, oh, what's what he on life support for? Like, hmm. we're already trying, you know, we're trying to backtrack and say, okay, he's probably on it for this and that, and he'll, he'll probably be good. That's why for a lot of these celebs, right, who end up, you know, quote unquote on life support, they usually end up walking out the hospital, right? One because they may not have been on life support in the beginning, uh, but two, a lot of times their life support is something that you know is controlled. It isn't something that they were forced to have to put on. It was something to say, you know what, it's probably in the best interest in this short frame uh, to, you know, have this machine kind of take over the job while the rest of the body kind of catches up. Again, it happens a lot more often than uh, you would think. I could tell you again, I, I take care of patients. There's not a, a week that goes by that I don't take care of a patient in a hospital who who needs something in this realm, right? Whether it be a heart a heart machine working for them. Well, actually, not a heart machine because I don't work in a um, I don't work in a, a hospital that does cabbages anymore. Um, I used to when I was working with Bethesda, but especially the breathing machine, like that's again almost every other day. Uh, and then medications uh, to help keep your uh, your your system, you know, going right. Like it happens a lot as well too, right? So. Definitely some some things I want you guys to think about. Again, a quick little short, uh, you know, rant uh, on against the media uh, because again, I just uh, it was just getting annoying because I said I'm like, oh, of course, of course, this guy on life support. So why why wouldn't he be on life support? Because everyone uh, you say is in the hospital happens to be on life support, right? All right, guys. So thank you for listening to another episode of the Lunch and Learn and listening to my solar rant. I'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Lunch Learn with Dr. Barry. Please head over to lunchlearnpod.com where you'll get the most recent episodes as well as today's show notes for your listening and viewing pleasure. 
And like always, depending on where you're listening this to, please subscribe to the podcast so you can get all the latest episodes sent directly to you. And we are at all of your favorite podcast listening stations, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Stitcher Radio. Again, thank you for taking the time to listen and empower yourself to take control of your health. And we'll see you next week.